MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, December 16th, 2019. Today, Bill Barr sneaks some legal opinions in to protect Trump. Giuliani doubles down on Ukraine and meets with Trump at the White House as Lindsey Graham invites him to testify to the Judiciary Committee. The Trump administration blatantly defies a court order and a judge orders the State Department to provide more records. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? How was your weekend? Great. Good. Lots of holiday parties, fun times. Yeah. Yes. A lot of holiday parties. Mm-hmm. I wore heels to a holiday party <gasps> on Friday night. Very ex- I never do this. I'm <laughs> such a tomboy. I know that's wild for me, right? Yeah. I wore, yeah, I wore heels and a lot of makeup and that was fun. It's, it's a nice excuse to have a reason to dress up around the holidays, yes. you know? It is nice. Yeah. I remember when we went to the Bolada party last year, I mm-hmm. got to wear like my opal brooch. It was very fun. Very fun. Mm-hmm. fun. I, yeah, I, I wore it on a yoga mm-hmm. tank top, but it was, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wore a dress. But it's nice to get dressed up. Uh, heels are hard. I don't like them. Yeah. They make my feet angry. I found a pair of Doc Martin heels that I almost bought. They're just like boots with mm-hmm. like, like just docks with oh, like, like a high heel. Jordan thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Big they're chunky. so cute though. But it's like, I never dress heels up enough make to it justify butch. these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're a hundred, they're like $180 or something. I'm like, I need to not nearly. Get them for your wedding. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I wore 20 eye combat boots under my princess dress. Yeah. That was nice. I love that picture that. of you. Thank you. With your wedding dress and your boots. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh. Boots. Back when I was a blonde. Yep. Yes. Back when you were And remember, blonde. boots first, then corset. Otherwise, ah. it's impossible Oh, to put know. a corset on and then apply boots. Good to know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I've made that mistake so many times. Spent like an hour lacing up a corset and then like oh, try to put my down. boots on. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. I need help. <laughs> help me. <laughs> I remember one time I went out clubbing with a friend of mine. I wore like a rubber tank top and a rubber skirt. And I came home and tried to take the tank top off and it got caught in my hair. And it like got caught... <sighs> Rubber tank top and hair and arms all above my head. And I had to call the fire department. <laughs> I alone. And so they show up at my door. And Seriously? I answer the door with like, you know, bare chest, arms above head. Like, help me. Oh, like my that, gosh. Is it American Pie where Jason Biggs' character gets his dick stuck in a bottle of lotion or something? Probably. That sounds like an American Pie thing. It sounds like something they would do. <laughs> I like that, but the female version. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, much more classy and just tits exposed for all. Just pleasant all around. I was 25. Except for I, you. I always <laughs> wonder if like that's the story they still tell at the at the old fire department, sitting around playing cards, waiting to slide down poles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's how it really is, right? In the era of yeah. <laughs> Don't destroy my my mm-hmm. firehouse imaginations. I think so. Um, so, well, welcome. The, this is a news <laughs> program and now we've talked about rubber tank tops and parties and we so that's fun and oh, so much news um, that, and it just all happened like after we recorded on Thursday mm-hmm. you know so we do have a lot to get to so let's hit the hot notes hot notes alright so first New Jersey Democrat Rep Van Drew has said he is which we just call him VD now 
uh, he said he is switching sides because he strongly opposes the impeachment of Trump. Uh, Vandrew met with Trump, but most people see through his alleged reason for switching. Uh, he was trailing in his district, losing major support from Democrats. And the switch to the Republican Party would allow him to avoid being primaried by a Democratic challenger, which he most certainly would be. I'm um, sure he met with Trump and Trump was like, tell you what, uh, switch to the Republican Party. I'll support you. You can keep your job. Uh, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says Van Drew is, quote, willing to enable Donald Trump just to try to salvage his own election, betraying our values by siding with Donald Trump as the final straw and made it impossible for him to continue being supported by the Democrat Democratic Party as grassroots activists, local party leaders in his district and I have made clear in recent weeks. So the party switch is uh, cynical and desperate, says the governor. Uh, I am confident that a Democrat who shares the values and priorities of our Democratic Party will hold his seat. So that's what's happening in New Jersey. So is he actually switching parties, like straight up switching to being a Republican? Yes. Wow. I didn't catch that when I read that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What a douche. Yeah. Huge douche. Mm. And what does that say that you're either a democrat or like bust when it comes to the issue of holding the president accountable that seems to give way more credibility to democrats being the party of truth yeah like you can't even exist within the party apparently or you think you can't ah god yeah 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 i know am i making sense you make sense yeah thank you and it (laughs) it, it wasn't just that like he it wasn't just this. I mean, he's he's got an F rating from the NRA. He's mm. you know he's um, not for Medicare for all, I believe. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, they what they call a Democrat in name only, uh, Dino, mm-hmm. if you will. And there's also Rhinos, Republican in name only. Uh, but yeah, he's switching full on to the Republican Party. Wow, he's going full Nunberg. Well, fuck okay. that guy. Good riddance. <laughs> I know. It's Good like riddance, oh well, oh, if you're willing to sacrifice your values to win an election and and support this president by that was my first thought as career politician yep it's just like okay so you the joe lieberman fucking well because like we discussed in um the Mueller she wrote episode that came out last night you it's a hundred seventy four thousand dollar um salary to be a congressional mm-hmm. representative but you have to run every two years you have mm-hmm. to keep winning your seat and so you're just perpetually running for office um i think we need term limits so yeah I think so too. Well, were you gonna say something? Oh yeah, I was just I was just thinking about term limits. I I think it's a really good idea too. It allows some fucking fresh blood to get in there. Yeah. But. The only problem is, is you have to have like a constitutional convention, and you have mm-hmm. to have two thirds of the states ratify it, and it's a big old thing. They're not gonna do that. Term limits. <laughs> yeah. To do that, yeah. Yeah, because you would need to amend. I think the either amend the twenty second amendment or add a new amendment about congressional term limits or something. So My that. grandma has an interesting approach to voting. She just votes out incumbents no matter what party they're from. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so she doesn't vote party line. She votes for yeah, who or, she likes. Or at least that's what she said to me one time. So mm. assuming she was telling the truth, that's that's how she votes. Yeah, they just always happen to be Republicans, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, she, yeah. My grandpa is like a Fox News watching super, super Republican, and my grandma is like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. Uh, but then one of the few political things she ever said to me was i hate incumbents are they boomers uh i mean they're yes, like my parents yes, totally yes they are okay because yeah. my parents had me pretty late yeah i mean that doesn't really make a difference there's um boomers of all political yeah. persuasions i was just curious as they're to what 70s. generation they were in yeah okay mm-hmm. got it yep yeah my parents no those are your grandparents mm-hmm. my parents are the mm-hmm. same age as your grandparents yeah now that makes sense fuck <laughs> 
Come on. How do we have the same? Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Did you see me just have massive denial in front of everyone about how old I am? Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how old are you and how old do you act? And I was like, last year I was 44 and I acted 19. This year I'm 45 and I act 55. Like, I love it so much. I wear caftans around the house and I I, I love acting like I'm 55. <laughs> Uh, my parents are very young, so I won't say how old they are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, as we know, this week the House held their markup hearings on the articles of impeachment. That's when they all sit and debate and go back and forth, uh, you know, move to strike the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell. And uh, that's they all debate the articles. The GOP tried to amend and strike some of the articles. They failed at every turn. It always got voted down. Uh, we were expecting a vote on the articles that, uh, that night, but Nadler unexpectedly gaveled out to uh, hold the vote the next day. The reason given by Dems was to delay the vote until the next morning uh, because they didn't want to have a middle-of-the-night vote that would give Republicans another talking point. You know, Republicans would be like, oh, a secret middle-of-the-night vote, like how they talk about the mm-hmm. Adam Schiff's dungeon and weird shit like that. And I loved how Jamie Raskin was like, would you rather uh, we've had it on a different room? We could have done that. Would that be okay? You know, just just the weirdest stuff. But the next day, they did pass both articles along party lines, 23 to 17, in both votes. So they have, uh, the House Judiciary has voted to impeach the president. Um, next steps, sometime today, Sunday, the House will put together a massive report, a very detailed report on impeachment on the articles. Uh, this is a report uh, that we expect will contain an explanation of the larger pattern of behavior, what Mueller calls the totality of evidence. And that's where we expect to get more detail on the ambiguous sort of flyby mentions of the Mueller investigation in both articles. They didn't mention him by name, but they said, you remember that there's other stuff that happened, remember? Uh, and it was bad. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, I think we'll get more detail in this report. Ha- as of right now, this minute of recording, it's like one thirty on the West Coast on Sunday. We don't have that report yet. But we will let you know when it comes out what's in it. It's going to be very long. It's going to be probably the length of the Mueller report. Then this Tuesday, there will be a here. We could do 20 episodes on that one report. Seriously. We could do 20 episodes on the IG report that came I out. Know. I mean, it's just so, so much. Reports. It's just so much. Do they have an IG Audible thing yet? Do you know? Are I don't there know. any podcasts for that report? Not that I know of. We'll see. Maybe. Hmm. I'll look it up. If you know any, let me know. IG. Yeah. It's also way technical and pretty Denser. boring. It's yeah. dense. It's very, it's like a hundred times harder to read than the Mueller report was. Mm-hmm. And the Mueller report was pretty dense as well. Yeah. I just feel very inclined to read it specifically because of how different the interpretations of it are. The IG right. report? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the crux of the changing of that email that called Carter Page not a source, um, and the Republicans are claiming that he was a source, and we don't actually have the answer to that. So I, I want to see more detail about that mm-hmm. as well, because if if they if Carter Page was a source for the CIA and he wasn't allowed to be put under FISA warrant, uh, FI- FISA surveillance, I think that the IG would have said that, and he they didn't. They said there was no political bias impacting the FISA, and that the FISA would have been granted. Uh, regardless of this change to the email. So I don't think that it um, would have uh, had any kind of significant impact uh, on whether or not the the initial, that was a renewal, the Faisal Mm -hmm. renewal was granted. Uh, Then this Tuesday, there will be a hearing in the Rules Committee to discuss, sounds like the worst job. Uh, (laughs) What do you do? Make the rules. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) With Republicans? (laughs) Fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're going to discuss the process by which the articles will move to the full House for a vote. And Tuesday night, 
Uh, there are over 400 demonstrations in all 50 states scheduled nationwide on the eve of what could be the House floor vote on impeachment, though it's not scheduled in the calendar yet. They expect to vote on Wednesday. That's when everyone says they're thinking they're going to vote. The House has said it will mo- most likely convene Wednesday morning. Um, the, or excuse me, the House has not said that, but they are. The House is said to most likely convene Wednesday morning to vote on the articles. That's kind of what everybody is guessing. Um, so that's what our next steps are. Of course, we will keep you posted as as that unravels. And now. Uh, but there's some sort of a little wrench, a little um, sabotage that um, Bill Barr's kind of thrown into the mix here. Jordan, what, what's that about? Yeah, so CNN was reporting on this, but it's on their public website. But the Justice Department basically just quietly snuck some things onto their website. And those things were internal legal opinions that basically are there to uphold Trump's obstruction of Congress explanations, essentially. So they just... Put them on the website. The options date back to the 70s and 80s, so they're older. One of them is from 1982 and was written by former head of the Office of Legal Counsel and was apparently made originally at the request of Rudy Giuliani himself who when he worked at the DOJ. So these are incredibly biased memos, obviously, that uphold their reasoning for why Trump shouldn't be beholden to Congress or courts or fucking anything, just... Basically, they're just justifications of expansive executive power. And these aren't new legal opinions. These are old legal opinions that they're just now posting up on their site. Is that mm-hmm. what I'm understanding? Mm-hmm. And an official at the DOJ said that these opinions were specifically cited in the OLC opinion that McGahn should be immune from testimony. So they're. it sounds like they're kind of posting what their background institutional quote unquote, because it's internal. Mm. <laughs> it's internal. Yeah, these are stuff. just They're like the not... Office of Legal Counsel memo exactly. from the Department of Justice that prevents you from indicting Indicted. a sitting president. Yes. Right. Same kind of memo. Exactly. Uh, and so they're citing, they have been citing those memos in actual legal arguments. And so it sounds like they're just putting those on their website kind of to just demonstrate what it is they've been pulling from when they're making those arguments in court. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's like, Maybe these would have some kind of authority if they weren't just opinions as part of a lawsuit that the White House has currently lost, like the McGahn one, for example, and is now going through appeals. Yeah. But them posting them on the website now just kind of comes off as the sort of desperate, preemptive and internal defense that it is. They don't really have. I mean, this is the we talked about Renata Mariotti with this. I remember when he was on our Chicago show, how much authority an OLC opinion actually has. So. Yeah, because we were talking about if the president gets indicted by the Department of Justice, um, how how much will that Office of Legal Memo or the Office of Legal Counsel Memo hold up uh, in court because it's never been tested? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so them posting it on their public website is, I mean, it's not, it kind of comes off to me as, like most of the things they do, just misleading sort of because... An OLC opinion is not like a Supreme Court precedent. Right. So for them to, for them to put it up there and think that it's it can stand alone as an explanation that excuses Trump's behavior currently, his straight-up obstruction, is weak. But especially the fact that they, like, just kind of snuck it on there, just, let's just, let's just sneak this in here to pretend like it's some long-standing precedent or something that has existed for a really long time and... It sounds like the letters Barr wrote to Trump when he was basically applying for this job saying that he thinks that the executive is above all this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm surprised they weren't already up there. He might have. He <laughs> might have used these memos. memos. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> My favorite memos. Yeah. 
totally cherry picked. <laughs> yeah, just all the like authoritative, just dictator fascists supporting <laughs> expansive executive power explanations that's ever been from fucking pen to paper. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that they're doing they're doing that. <laughs> that's happening <laughs> yep they're doing they're that pork, porky the pig sign up there they're, they're, that's they're, all they're doing that they're doing that awesome well I tell you what we'll be right back with what could be considered the Trump administration in defiance of a court order to release Ukraine documents stay with us Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Native Deodorant. For a long time, I've been trying to find a deodorant made without aluminum that really works, and I finally found it, and it's called Native Deodorant. Native is made without all the chemicals, parabens, talc, and aluminum, which may be linked to serious serious health ramifications. Native uses safe, simple, and effective ingredients like coconut oil and baking soda and shea butter that provide strong protection while feeling light and fresh. Native can hang with your workout, busy mom life, uh, or a 16-hour day. Their deodorants come in a variety of great scents like coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose and cucumber and mint and my current personal favorite eucalyptus and mint Uh, plus they release new limited edition seasonal scents um, and they do that throughout the year and then they offer unscented and baking soda free options for those with sensitivities native is a solid that goes on easily and since it doesn't contain aluminum it won't stain your clothes they have over 8,000 five-star reviews and have been featured on the today show in women's health magazine l good morning america on pop sugar and nylon hello giggles and more there's free shipping on every order and if you don't absolutely love their deodorant they'll give you a full refund no questions asked so subscribe and you can save 17 percent. that's two dollars a stick and have native delivered to your door every one two three or four months for 20 percent off your first purchase visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code dailybeans at checkout that's nativedeodorant.com and use promo code dailybeans at checkout you'll be glad you did All right. Welcome back. So that was a little bit of a teaser I left you with uh, in defiance of a court order. But this week, in response to a lawsuit from the Center of Public Integrity uh, and on an order from a federal district court judge, her name is Colleen Collar-Catelli, on November 25th, she made this ruling. The State Department had to release documents, communications uh, regarding involving the Ukraine scheme. And they released 146 pages of documents related to the Ukraine shakedown scheme. But the problem is the documents are pretty much 100 percent completely redacted. And every substantive exchange between officials and the agencies is blacked out. Dems introduced the redacted materials, I think it was Val Demings, uh, during the markup debates uh, in the impeachment hearings this week. The Center for Public Integrity is expected to file a motion to uh, get the documents unredacted. And in a related but different story, a federal judge ordered the State Department on Friday to expand their search for records of communications between Pompeo and Giuliani. Mm. The State Department had released a number of documents showing contact between the two, but Judge Christopher Cooper says, you guys are bullshit. Uh, from the D.C. District Court, he ruled that the Department of Justice arbitrarily limited its search for documents with a just a cutoff date they picked yep. of August 2nd. Sounds about right. Uh, think about that cutoff date for a second. It wasn't until after August 2nd that Ukraine began expressing concern over the hold on military aid with American diplomats. And that's one of the Republican defenses, right? That Ukraine didn't know. Mm-hmm. So that you can't be in a quid pro quo. If you don't know, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Um, Bolton visited Ukraine in late August. So that's after that deadline. And U.S. officials didn't begin raising their own questions about the hold on the military aid until then, until September. And finally, we know the aid wasn't released until September 11th. So all the communications with regards to the release of the aid happened after their arbitrary cutoff date. So that August 2nd cutoff date wouldn't have included any of those things, communications about any of it. 
Uh, quote, we know that many of the important developments that are central to the House impeachment inquiry happened in August and early September, including the drafting of the whistleblower's report. The president's call memorandum was released on September 25th. So there, there's a number of important developments on that. All the communications about him, the White House releasing the call, quote unquote, transcript, which is not a transcript. It says right on the thing. Um, there's also the September 9th call fabricated by Sundland, Gordon Sundland, and the September 18th call between Pence and Zelensky that Pence is refusing to declassify after his aide, Jennifer Williams, testified that uh, about what it said to the committee behind closed doors. She, they wouldn't, she wouldn't do that publicly because she said Pence had classified that, and Schiff wrote that letter to Pence saying, you can't classify shit because you're trying to hide a crime or you don't want to be embarrassed. So we assume it's one of those two things, maybe both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge has given the State Department until January 8th to release all records, documenting documents, emails, texts, and call logs and scheduled meetings on Ukraine policy through October 18th, not August 2nd, saying the Department of Justice did not adequately, expl- adequately explain why they picked August 2nd as a cutoff date, because they were like, August 2nd. He's like, why? And they're like, because we felt like it. And so they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have a, mm-hmm. a good reason to pick that date, but we know what the reason was. Uh, and the New York Times dropped a story Friday that a close aide to Trump, who was fired last year by John Kelly when John Kelly was chief of staff, is expected to rejoin the team. His name is John McEntee, or McEntee, Iron Balls McGinty, who <laughs> shadowed Trump as his body man. Uh, what? <laughs> it's not clear when uh, McKenty is expected to return, but in March of 2018, a year and a half ago, he was marched out of the White House with no chance to collect his stuff. His security clearance had been denied because of a severe online gambling problem. Hmm. Kelly was trying to curtail the free slow, uh, the, the free flowing access to the president uh, that Trump actually was encouraging while Kelly was trying to fight it. And it seems like Trump wants to keep familiar faces around for his 2020 campaign. So he's bringing him back on. When you say body man, do you mean like security? Yeah, I think so. Like okay. a Keith Schiller type of a fella. Got it. Hmm. Okay. Um, severe online gambling. <laughs> Did that whole thing get like shut down? Which one? Online poker and stuff. I don't remember. I know there were some laws that came out and then they were trying to fight it. I know so little about anything to do with gambling. I have barely gambled in my life. Yeah. Like I've only stepped foot in the casino, I think one time. Well, I went to Vegas several times, but like Mm -hmm. I've never like online gambled. I don't even, I don't have to play poker. Yeah. I'm pretty sure for a while you could make like a decent living doing it, but then they changed the laws that made it not, not chill anymore. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not so, uh, Yes. There's a little sketch. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like, I wonder if he was actually cat food. <laughs> I don't know what that is. There's a strange noise. That's you probably can't hear it, but. <laughs> we all did meerkat heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, and then Jordan, cat food? Yes. Anyways. Yeah. I wonder if it's like, if he actually has like a problem problem or if, or if it's just that the laws changed or something. And it seemed like he had he a found the dark the dark chat rooms that <laughs> still do it or something. <laughs> Online gambling on the yeah, dark no. web. <laughs> uh, Anyways, but he's not going to be able to get a security clearance if he didn't get one before. So, but you know, no one cares about that anymore. Yeah, he's the bar have, like it's chill, right? He'll just have rogue agents protecting him. Yeah, <laughs> just like, who cares? I don't need the government ones. <laughs> I'll just have to pass security have check own. to be my bodyguard. It's yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> God. So, yeah, I think he just wants to keep familiar faces around. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing Trump might feel like he's thinking about not going to the debates 
after uh, after the Democrats select a candidate. I've, there's rumors like he just won't even go to the debates with the Democrats. Wow. Like, and that's a, like a super authoritarian sort of yes, move. Yes, it is. What do you think they would do in that case? Do you think they'd have the theatrics of an empty podium and still give the Democrat the time? They I, should. I, 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 I don't know. It's never happened, ever. Like, <laughs> just do a PowerPoint presentation of all of Trump's crimes. Yeah, <laughs> at seriously. The, at the Just turn it into a town hall, ask the questions, and nobody will challenge you. Uh-huh. Holy God, that would be so badass for Democrats, though, if he did that, and they were able to still have like have a showing like that. But that being yeah. said, speaking of the debates, I don't know if we're talking about this today, but uh, the next Democratic debate, a bunch of the candidates have said that they may not participate because of something to do with union Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, the sixth Dem debate. It's supposed to be this Thursday, mm-hmm. maybe. Because all seven Democratic candidates, all seven who have qualified for the PBS NewsHour Politico debate at Loyola Marymount uh, next week is threatened uh, by a labor dispute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of the Democratic candidates are willing to cross that picket line, along with Tom Perez. The, I think he's the chair of the DNC. Qualifying candidates for that debate are Sanders, Warren, Yang, Biden, Klobuchar, Buttigieg and Steyer. And I think uh, Tulsi Gabbard also qualified, but I think she has said she is sitting out. Not because of the unions, just because <laughs> she doesn't believe in the, the establishment of the Democrats, kind of. I think so. I think she's mad at the DNC. Yeah. Uh, and all the candidates have written a letter to the DNC saying they want to ease the debate qualifications. Speaking mm. of that, quote, mm. the escalating thresholds over the past few months have unnecessarily and artificially narrowed what started as the strongest and most diverse Democratic field in history before voters have had a chance to be heard. A DNC spokesperson has said that the DNC will not change the threshold for any one candidate and will not revert back to two consecutive nights with more than a dozen candidates. Our qualification criteria, they say, is extremely low and reflects where we are in the race. So there's a little hmm. bit battle, a battle going on with mm-hmm. all the candidates and the DNC on debate qualifications. Huh. I have to admit that I'm like emotionally preparing myself to get really fucking pissed at the DNC as this process goes on because I was the last time around. Yeah. Not that it, I don't disagree with everything they do, obviously, but I'm totally. Yeah, I'm like preparing myself to get frustrated with the decisions that they make as we draw closer mm-hmm. to, to to the voting happening. I think they just really think that collectively they know what's best for the party, hands down. And there are so many people like yourself and also like me that it's I don't believe that they deserve that sort of blanket authority Mm -hmm. to say what is best for the Democratic Party so I think that's an interesting conversation I'm curious to see I'd like to see that fleshed out more yeah because the other argument is having the the seven candidates who have qualified reflects what the you know where we are in the race Mm -hmm. is what they said Mm -hmm. and so I mean that's an interesting argument to make you know, but but also the argument that to to have so many people taken out of, of contention before anyone even to cast any votes in the primaries is is an equally uh, worthy discussion point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I feel like I don't have a strong enough opinion on this particular issue. I was more just talking about like I think I still have. Um, you know, I'm like traumatized from 2016 in some regards with like. Some of the choices of the DNC made. Yeah, there's a lot of messiness there. Yeah, there's messiness. But but when it comes to the debate stuff, yeah, I see I, I see both sides of the argument there. Yeah, I do think though that it is really fucked up that someone like Tom Steyer, who I'm sure is a like a great person, but he's able to buy his way onto the debate stage, which make no mistake that is but what Bloomberg's they have not done. on the debate stage. Yeah, yeah. so that confuses then, me because don't you have to have a certain amount of individual contributions to get onto the debate stage? Does Tom Steyer have that? My, I mean, if he's on it, whatever requirements are required, yeah, he, he made might, them. Right? But that. Was was my understanding too and i don't know if those but he had the money he had millions of dollars to put political ads out that just Mm -hmm. said hey contribute a dollar and you know then he'll get his he'll meet his 
requirement. So he had mm-hmm. uh, way more money than anybody going into that to, to get those contributions. Yes. Yeah. And I do also know that he's been building awareness just about him and his impeach brand, basically, mm-hmm. which he has been like hammering through Facebook ads and all these for other ads. Now. Yeah. For a long time. So maybe that's that's why he has those thresholds met. Yeah. But yeah. I do think even still, because that comes down to money, him being able to pay for those ads to get his name in front of people. At the end of the day, money is why he is on that stage and why Cory Booker is not. And Cory Booker is And Harris, too. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, exactly. And even though she did qualify for the December one, but then she pulled out. Right, yeah. Yeah. And and it was because her money was dwindling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, for Booker or, yeah, Harris to not be on that debate stage when... No offense to Tom Steyer, but they've had a way longer history of being a public representative. That's mm-hmm. just really fucked up to me. Sad. Yeah. Me too. Agreed. Um, so we're going to be right back. We got a couple things in the C block. We got um, some Lindsey Graham news and some Doug Collins news. And of course, we have some schadenfreude. So stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG. To me, the best part of holidays is reconnecting with family and sharing stories and reliving moments together. Uh, I want to preserve those kind of memories. So this year, uh, actually last year, I gave my mom the gift of StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell their stories um, by answering prompted questions about their lives, thought-provoking questions about memories and personal experiences. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member a different story prompt, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises, or who in your life is the most wise, or what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done. And StoryWorth makes it easy to connect with family and often come up with, they come up with unique questions I would have never thought to ask. And you can pick which questions you want to send to or write your own. And after one year, StoryWorth StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photos you choose to include in a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. You never know what uh, sort of family history with StoryWorth will will uncover. Uh, I've been able to get some amazing stories from my mom. Um, and learned about a whole so many things that I that I didn't know about, and I you know I've known my mom for 45 years, so it's absolutely wonderful. I got it for her last year, and she's going to get the book this year, and I'm I'm really excited to give that to her. So preserve and pass on memories with StoryWorth, the most meaningful gift for your family. Sign up today by going to storyworth.com/dailybeans. You'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com/dailybeans for twenty dollars off. You'll be glad you did. All right, so Lindsey Graham crackers. <sighs> He's had a weird week. So first of all, uh, and we talked about this in the Mueller she wrote. He talked about he said about, of impeachment of the trial and the jury that he does he doesn't even pretend like he's going to be a fair juror, uh, and so that was interesting. But then he has now invited Rudy Giuliani to testify in the Senate Judiciary Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee. Great, yeah. He's the next best thing from Trump in terms of board vomiting his way into more trouble for them yeah and i have to under I, like i have to ask the question he's going to be under oath and the democrats get a chance to ask him questions um you know like diane feinstein and and kamala harris we'll get we'll get a chance to grill him and anything he says can be used against him in his current investigation criminal and counterintelligence and can be used against levin and igor mm-hmm. as well um, because they're all, you know, there's tons of video and, and I, I am, I wonder if he'll do it. Like, it just seems so dumb, uh, to do that. But he apparently has suitcases. He had to buy new suitcases because he has so many documents, uh, from, uh, all the, uh, stuff he found when he was over in Ukraine, mm. illegal, lob- illegally lobbying. 
Um, ah, yes, the high-quality documentary that he's making for us all. Yeah, yes. <laughs> on One America Network, which uh-huh. one of their top reporters works for Sputnik, uh, uh-huh. which is a Russian state propaganda television type situation. Wow. So that's fun. Um, fun. And then, <laughs> and then of course, I, I, I have to mention the Doug Collins freak out because it was just so funny and sad uh, and to watch this man come unhinged when Nadler brought the gavel down to end the debate portion uh, of the articles of impeachment hearings. And because they were supposed to vote that night, everyone that was on their schedule. So now we can move forward thinking even scheduled votes could be waylaid or moved to, to a different time or day. But he brought that gavel down and and uh, Doug Collins was like, what? You can't. Hey, you just going to blow everybody's schedule up tomorrow. Bah! Like he was clearly mad that that because uh, he, he was he was going to probably head home for the weekend on Friday. But he made it sound like he had all these meetings and things, you know, to do for the American people. But mm-hmm. it was probably mostly just like, what? I got to come back tomorrow. Fuck you. And he was so mad. It was just like the epitome of privilege. Like, mm, yeah, you I know, feel like whatever he had planned, they will understand. <laughs> Sorry, I have to vote to impeach or not impeach the president of the United States. That seems like the best excuse you're going to get. for yeah. it. Yeah, I'll be half a day late to yeah. whatever it is we were going to do this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and ag- again, out. like you said, boohoo, you're a public <sighs> servant at the end of the day. So. I know, and you get so many weeks off per year, and and you get a pretty big salary, and now to be like, mm, show up and vote, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, that's your job. Yeah, could you participate in democracy? <clears throat> yeah, I'm paying you enough. <laughs> I do think that you were right. Yeah, that is like a really high salary. That's higher than I. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I know that they do a lot of work, mm-hmm. and the idea is to incentivize folks to do I'm really good work. Right now, you think you could work? You know, you could come in to take that vote yeah. without complaining about it. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. Money aside, yeah, just the the element of them being a representative of their constituents. It's a very strange angle to take. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't want to do my job on behalf of the people who elected me. Yeah, I think you're right, though, that why it pissed them off is because that takes away that talking point. That, it does. Yeah. That, yeah, that was when, when the, they asked the Democrats, they were like, why did you delay the vote to the next day? And they were like, we didn't want to have a middle of the night vote. It just seems, you know, just do it in the light of day, basically, mm-hmm. is I think what their talking point was. We want to vote in the light of day. Yeah. And them trying to make these hearings more prime time is something that really only works maybe for a few hour window once you get late into the night families are like winding down they're not probably paying attention very much anymore especially since it's so infuriating to watch (sighs) so starting fresh the next morning i think that makes a lot of sense yeah so they basically reconvened just had the vote passed the articles Mm -hmm. and maybe some of them were going to be visited by some sort of angel or something of (laughs) consciousness that was (laughs) or of their conscience that will make them think about being a good person Maybe that's what they were banging yeah, Doug on. Doug Collins was probably not by the ghost yeah. of Boomhauer. Mm-hmm. Their constituents are too busy writing letters to Hallmark to get them to take yeah, lesbian ads off the air. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One million moms. <laughs> yeah. Boy, boycott Hallmark. Yeah. I saw a hilarious tweet, oh which was God. like, One million moms is really upset about seeing you know, um, two pretty girls kiss on the Hallmark Channel because it takes them back to that one time at horse camp. Yeah. <laughs> they tried desperately to forget. <laughs> horse camp. I, I, I think they picked a horse Maybe. camp. Yeah. Can't, get, can't get Kathleen out of my brain. That's so funny. Um, anyway, just a side note. Just an angry lesbian side note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And that was a Zola ad. We, we yes. are proudly sponsored by Zola. So mm-hmm. I support them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. I thought it was a great commercial. And then some Trump guys like, hey, the only 2.5 percent 
of the population is is homosexual, which is wrong. Uh, but he says, you know, he says it was just a business decision. Uh, just because 2.5% of the dudes you met, you fucked, doesn't make it 2.5%. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But because um, obviously do do what you want. But like what? That's a business decision because it's 2.5%. And so that's that's their business decision. So my response to that was, well, only 8% of couples are interracial. Should we just pull all them out of commercials too? And he was like, you just go fuck yourself. And I was like, all right, bro. Cool. Cool story. Good defense. Yeah. Mm. Solid. That'd be a good commercial. A fucking yourself. That's the one demographic they're missing out on. <laughs> hey, look, it's a guy sucking his own butt. <laughs> I can't have that on the Hallmark channel. Yeah. Get out Hallmark. of here. <laughs> a wedding registry. Man marries own asshole. Mm. Love mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Valentine's Day card to yourself. <laughs> Nobody RSVPs to the man marries his own butthole wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you keep track of those RSVPs with Zola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's time for a little Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Okay, so uh, uh, somebody on Twitter that I follow who follows us back uh, at the Muller She Wrote account uh, is named at Mike Hot Pence. And I love this guy. Uh, we've been following each other for a while now. He looks just like Mike Pence. Ooh. And he's a gay man. And he dresses like Mike Pence and walks around Times Square with a, a bucket, shaking a bucket to get donations to that support LGBTQ plus charities Aww. as Mike Pence. That's fucking awesome. And he, he got a story. There was a story about him uh, in a publication that was just like, hey, does everybody know about Mike Hot Pence? And you should follow him on Twitter. And so I just wanted to give a little. I love that. Uh, that's just made that made me feel good, especially in the face of knowing about Salvation Army at the mm-hmm. holidays and, and mm-hmm. their, their anti LGBTQ plus uh, campaigns and, mm-hmm. and things they donate to. So I just wanted to give a shout out to at Mike Hotpence for for all the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you. Fellow LGBT people trolling Mike Pence is one of my few joys of the last few years. I also really enjoyed after um, Trump first got into office and mm. there was all these like big gay dance parties outside Mike Pence's house. <laughs> oh, he does look like Mike right? Pence. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. A lot. Yeah. Oh my God. A lot. I'm going to New York in January. I'm going to have to say yeah, hello. You have to find Mike Hot Pence. Hell and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, find him. Oh my God, that's so funny. I wish you would wear like some gold lame booty shorts and like a tie, just the, you know, just the tie that, that like male dancers wear. Uh, and the Mike Pence, like just maybe the button stuck on his boob uh, and just walks around like that. That'd be so fantastic. It's a little cold though. In I also, in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Mike Pence knew, um, like what it sounds like to call his wife mother because in the LGBT world, you know, in drag culture, would people call their drag mothers mama or mother? So I enjoy that. When he calls his wife mother, I think of RuPaul every time. <laughs> I had a fella at out in Alpine, which is mm-hmm. East County, right? Um, and we used to go to Flint Springs Inn because our we had a our friend who was in the band I was in had a house out there and we would do a band practice in Alpine and then we would go out and have beers at Flint Springs Inn afterwards or whatever. And there was a guy there called the mayor. He called himself the mayor of Alpine and he wore <laughs> uh, like a straw hat and overalls with no shirt under <laughs> and uh, he was a big dude and he would always have a piece of straw in his mouth chewing on a piece of straw and he would bring his own 30 pack of PBR to the bar and just drink his own beers in the bar. <laughs> what a character. That and is a flex. He called himself the mayor of Flynn Springs, and because 
oh, I can't, I don't know how to tell you all this, but because of my first name is the name, I share a name with a famous transmission, like an automobile transmission mm-hmm. and, or a tractor truck trailer, uh, cat like transmission. Uh, and so he called me Tranny. Oh, which is a short term for transmission. Like if you're going to go get your transmission fluid changed, it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. For one very has, obvious reasons, over the other in terms of public. And opinion. it took yeah. me about six months to figure out why he was calling me that. Because uh, every time he did that, we were all like, "Whoa, <laughs> what the fuck?" Yeah, I shouldn't use that word. And <laughs> and so uh, when I learned, we eventually had to explain to him, like, that's not a thing. Um, but that's not terminology befitting a mayor. Yeah. No, it's really not. She's what not about a mayor a that slur. brings his own 30 rack of PBRs, though? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he was like, what? and it, the greatest part was he was like, what? He's like, oh, man, I didn't know that. And he just stopped calling me that. Oh, that is the appropriate response. Yes. Yes. And he and I'll never forget. He told the best story. Uh, he's he's a funny guy. He, he apparently collects and restores antique cars, which is why he's so into transmissions. And um, he t- he tells the story of how he, he got so drunk on his 30 rack of PBR at Flynn Springs one night. And he he went he left the parking lot and he turned right on uh, Alpine the old Alpine Road or whatever it is. And uh, and then he eventually broke through the fence, the little wooden fence on the other side of the road, and rolled down into the ditch. Oh, God. And Shit. one of the guys uh, sitting around the table goes, oh, my God, what car were you driving? We're glad you're okay, but what car were you driving? He was really worried about this car. And the guy goes, driving? Hell, I was walking. And then <laughs> that was the end of that story. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that's so well, funny. Glad he stopped using that word. Yes, yeah. I am too. And uh, it was a teachable moment. But and that's what happens down in old Alpine Springs. My <sighs> hope is that whenever people hear Mike Pence's name, they think of RuPaul going, they call me mother. That's what I hope. Ah. Yeah. Do you yeah. Know that song? I do. Yeah. I don't. That's what I, I hope. I need to watch that show. I take you to more drag shows. Yeah. Some of the one we went to in Seattle. Where can you watch Drag Race? Oh, I think the past seasons are on Netflix. Netflix? But oh, yeah. cool. Look, also, I don't 100% condone everything on Drive Grace. I don't agree with everything RuPaul says. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> um, I think you can appreciate some parts of something without condoning all of it. The culture, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. For reals. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry I had said that word, but uh, it was necessary for the story. And there <laughs> was a like character. learning moment. And he, he was so cool about it. He's like, I didn't know that. Dang it. Dang it. I'll have to stop. I'll have to stop Dang doing it. Dang it. God, I wish more people who were given uh, new information reacted that way. That's not my thing. But hey, man, I'm not going to stop you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool, dude. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get social. Hashtag. Trending Sunday on Twitter is Republican Will Hurd, who told Jake Tapper on State of the Union this morning over the weekend that he's voting no on impeachment, saying, quote, you can vote against the impeachment, but still disagree with some of the policies and some of the behavior. Hmm. Unquote. Will Hurd is retiring after this term, and I can't make any sense out of this uh, from him. He he seemed like he was one of the only Republicans on the committee that was asking uh reasonable questions of the witnesses is in, instead of just you know going off on a five minute speech and not you know right on conspiracy theories right and, yeah. yeah yeah so were you how how much were you really 
expecting him to vote. I didn't really have a, th- a thought either way about yeah. it. I figured 100% no Republican was going to vote for impeachment except for Justin Amash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only one I can think of. And I, I think he's actually left the party anyway. Yeah, he's like independent now or something. Right? I think so. I'd have to double check on that. But like, I, I really didn't think... I mean, I thought it was n- nice that Will Hurd was at least asking thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. But to, f- you know, he he's... It's just an interesting argument that you can vote against the impeachment but disagree with some of the policies and behavior yeah um and i think the policy is the key word there because you you can impeach a president because you don't like his policy but if it's illegal then you must Mm -hmm. and so i just think it's a a weird argument Uh, because he didn't go into any details about like i would expect a thoughtful quote-unquote republican like will hurd to to go into an explanation about uh, this is the evidence I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, of course, didn't talk at all about obstruction, which is a clear uh, violation of the Constitution, the obstruction of Congress article. So it's just it's it's an odd position to take, especially if you're not running again. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's more an investment in his uh, home doormats that would be filled with dog shit from his <laughs> locals or something when he goes back home. <laughs> the flaming dog poo bag. Yeah. Trick. yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, I got to live here also. So it's going to maybe not. Yeah. Where, um, where is he from again? Did you say? I don't remember. Oh, let's see. Will Hurd. Yeah, sorry. She is. I think it's a swing district. Oh, OK. Um, well, maybe less poop then. Maybe. May, but still poop. <laughs> Will Hurd. Uh, he represents. But beep. <laughs> but beep. Beep. Boop. Boop. District stretches 550 miles from San Antonio to El Paso mm. along the U.S.-Mexican border. Okay. He's 42 years old. I'm older than him. Hmm. Aw. <laughs> Dang it. It's going to be that time <laughs> of life. Yeah, 23rd District in Texas. Republicans is 2015. Uh, parents, Mary Alice and Robert, uh, educated at Texas A&M. All right. Mm. Sounds good, all those things. <laughs> so at least he's from there. At least he lives in the district. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle, a Twitter kerfuffle uh, this week when Bernie, when uh, Chenk um, mm-hmm. Weger said mm-hmm. that he was running for Katie. Or Winger, is that how you say it? I don't remember. I just know. I have, honestly, I have no idea how to say any part of his name. I just know what he looks like and who he is. And I, I don't have Chunk. TYT. I think it's Chunk. On any, on Chunk any streaming. And he, he came out and said that Bernie Sanders had endorsed him. And everybody blew up because he's got a history of saying some pretty nasty things about women mm. as recently as 2013. And so. Um, and you know, the argument being, Hey, 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 I, we welcome open arms. If you have, if you're apologetic and you want to be a Democrat, cool. And you can have a, a sh- host, a show and everything, but to run for Congress, especially in a district you don't live in, and especially Katie Hill's seat mm-hmm. bridge too far. And so there was so much online outrage that uh, within the same day, um, Bernie Sanders said, I'm not, I'm withdrawing my endorsement. That was wise of him. Yeah, I th- and I thought he did it in a, in a, in a kind way, too. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting, though, because when I think of him, I think of, you know, the Young Turks being incredibly to the left. Right. They and, are. and he did so. help a lot with, like, the election of the squad and, and mm-hmm. more progressive stuff. Um, but, like, there's just other candidates. There's another candidate running in that uh, district. I'll have to look her up real quick. Who's never said anything like that. Right. And mm-hmm. so when it comes, you know, when it comes down between that and that. Uh, and then I just don't think that 
if that's just an endorsement you even want to get close to. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me see who's running for Katie Hill's old seat. Um, besides Chink. <sighs> Did you guys see the article that Jake came out with recently where she was like, this is far from over. Like this whole revenge porn thing is going to ruin my life. Katie Hill. Yeah. I did not read that article. No. Yeah. It's California's 25th. It looks like that's where Papadopoulos is running. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Papadop's running for her old seat. Mm-hmm. Gross. All right. So it's um, Knight is running in the special election March 3rd, which is the same as our um, primary to replace Katie Hill. But he's not cleared the Republican field because Papadopoulos uh, is running for that seat. Navy veteran Mike Garcia and Lancaster City Council member Angela Underwood Jacobs are in. Both declared their candidacies before Hill resigned. One announced Democrat, State Assemblywoman Christy Smith, has earned the backing of Katie Hill as well as other Democratic leaders uh, and members of Congress. Hill tweeted Wednesday that Smith is the only one who can keep it blue and the only one the community deserves. So that's uh, who I was thinking of was Christy Smith. She said she phoned Smith before resigning to make sure she would run. Um... And she said to the to the guys, boys, please be gentlemen and step aside. She's got this. That's what Hill tweeted. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm what, I'm for what Katie Hill wants. Totally. Same. So that's what's happening with uh, with that tw- California's 25th. Should be an interesting race. Special yeah. election March 3rd. Wow. Which is going to bring a lot of people out because that is the presidential primary. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. Sorry, it took me a minute to get it. Yeah. And that is it. That's it. That's all I've got. That's hashtag. So any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I have a final thought. I know we didn't really touch on it much, but obviously the UK election happened at the end of last week. And it's a place I lived in for a very long time and care for very deeply. And I know a lot of my British friends are feeling really heartbroken right now. And I understand that um, they're just like bereft and like devastated. And I really understand. So I just for any of our listeners, just hang in there, you know, there is tomorrow is a new day and there are a lot of wonderful people still who do live there and you have to find them and you have to just continue to fight for what you believe in you know whatever that means with your time or your money or your energy whatever or your job whatever it is like it's up to you to make a change now and it feels totally overwhelming but you can't give up on having a better country yeah. yeah. Thanks so, for that. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So, sorry guys. It's a hard loss. We, uh, we know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Um, not precisely, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel so, like. just, yeah, send you guys some love. Just put on a cup of tea. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Find each other. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, hold dear to what is important to you and, and the people you love. And that's kind of all you can do. Keep trucking. That's what we'll do here next year if that happens too. So, keep trucking. <sighs> I know I don't think about that right now but anyway um yeah it's just I'm just sending you guys some love just hang in there keep your head up and uh yeah do something in your in your personal life other than you know do something that makes you feel good and gives you hope in your country that's all thank you you're welcome any final thoughts nope I'm good yeah just ditto on yours Mm -hmm. (laughs) really that's tough um yeah I have a lot of friends and we have a lot of listeners and we get a lot of support from the UK. So mm-hmm. um, we're here for you. And um, man, yeah, hearts go out. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, that's it. That's our show. So uh, please visit us uh, on Twitter at Daily Beans Pod. Follow mm-hmm. us. We'll, um, we're going to pick one follower. We're going to come out and have dinner with you. And uh, 
that'll be fun. And so do that. And then um, also check out our sister podcast, Muller She Wrote. It comes out Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weekly. Yeah. So, that's it. Also, don't forget, if you uh, become a patron of Muller She Wrote or The Daily Beans, you will get the episodes of The Daily Beans uh, the night before everyone else. The yes. ad-free version. And ad-free. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, uh, everyone. Please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reeder. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>